Dear Diary, it's October 22nd, 2023, and I wrote today. Hey guys, it's me again, and um, two things real quick. Um, I told you guys I wouldn't be able to do Fridays and Saturdays, but that's okay because it's only until the end of this month, and there's only one week left, so there's only one week left of no Fridays and Saturdays, but um, yeah. And the other thing was is I forgot in the last episode to tell you all my name. So hi, it's me, Rainbow. Um, you can also call me Dharma. Um, I don't really mind either one. Dharma's my real name. Rainbow's my stage name, pen name, whatever you want to call it. Um, I actually don't know if I'm going to use it as my pen name, um, but I just think it sounds really cool and um, makes me very happy because I'm queer and I love rainbows. So yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, so before we get into the meat of this, um, I'm going to make this a double feature because I did, in fact, write on both Friday and Saturday. I just, um, I just wasn't able to record and post a podcast on those days. So I was still able to get the practice in. I was still able to do it. So um, today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a double feature of uh, what I did on Friday and Saturday. And then tomorrow, I'm going to do a double feature on what I did today and, um, well, what I actually did tomorrow. Does that make sense? Um, please, please let me know if it doesn't. But yeah, so I'm going to be talking about Friday and Saturday, not actually today, unlike what the intro says. But yeah, so let's get into it. So first off, we're going to start with Friday. So Friday... Um, was all about making another new beginning. But the interesting thing that I really wanted to talk about was experimentation. Um, the thing is, is when you're writing, new ideas are coming to you all the time, especially if this isn't something like a sequel to a series, like if it's brand new everything, a brand new world, universe, whatever, brand new characters, brand new setting you know, brand new pocket dimensions, whatever it is, when it's all brand new, you're still, you too are stepping foot into this world um, for essentially the first time with your audience. Now, I know not all writers experience this, but for me, I'm really experiencing it right now because the thing is, is that I didn't experience this um the last time that I wrote, actually the last few times that I wrote, because I did try to write when I was in my creative drought period, but along with the lack of motivation, I just had a general lack of detail. I'm trying to be more detailed this time around, but anyways, the last few times I've been writing, I haven't experienced this problem, and I think it's because it was too character-centric. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't write at all about your setting, all at all about the scenery, at all about things, that you're a terrible writer. There are books, and there are genres, and themes, and all sorts of stuff that fits that perfectly. Okay, you are doing good, girl, or boy, or non-gender-specific person, but, um, the thing is, is um, for me, I felt like I re I, I feel like not felt like because I didn't feel like that in the past. 
but I do feel like um, then I was a little too character centric. Like there was nothing going on around the characters. And I personally feel that that made my stories very bland, especially considering that one of the main focuses of a lot of my writing is the crazy world or worlds that um, all of these things take place in. It's never just normal, everyday, modern day Earth. It's always some crazy futuristic world that isn't Earth, but is similar, but isn't Earth. You know, something like that. Um, so it's always, it's always one of those things where like the setting and scenery is actually very important for establishing that. Like, I feel like personally, if I were to make a story just about it being modern day, normal Earth um, that the characters were in, I wouldn't feel the need to describe really anything in detail at all. Um, it would even probably be one of the rare times what I, where I wouldn't even bother to describe the characters because, um, you know, the half of the reason why I describe the characters is to describe what interesting or um otherworldly non-human things there are about them like a lot of my characters have very neon vibrant eyes and like not just like neon brown eyes or something like that it's always it's always like red or yellow or orange green purple even even like the dark sapphire blue i will make it neon and it'll be so cool but yeah, and like, so it's one of those where um, I feel like I, I'm really determined to, and I really feel like my stories would benefit from all of these details being added in about their world, about their scenery, all sorts of stuff like that. But anyways, circling back to my original point, is that um, you're experiencing all of this for the first time. So there's going to be a huge amount of experimenting, especially in the beginning with establishing all of these beautiful things, establishing that world you created, establishing those characters, especially when they're at the beginning of their arc. You see, if you do character arcs um, like I do, um, you start the story, of course, with your characters um, being flawed, having their uh, fears, motivations, all sorts of staff, staff? stuff um, established right in the beginning. So it's, um, it's very important that you establish the way that a character is before their transformation as well. Um, that being the transformation into a better person. So it's one of those things where, like, you've got a lot of stuff to juggle in the beginning. And oftentimes you won't hit um, the center of the dartboard right away. you got to keep swinging because, you know, there's, a, there's oftentimes all sorts of different places where you can start. Like I said before, um, as a writer, you often have lots of ideas, especially for the beginning of your story. And all of these ideas, oftentimes each one, when you're starting um, the beginning of your story, um, oftentimes each one of the ideas that you get, like in the first round of 10 or whatever, some 
I'm just putting some number out there. Oftentimes, they will each just simply establish one specific thing. They will be focused on one specific thing. The important thing is bringing all of these ideas together, um, melding them all together in a way that establishes all of the different important things at once. For example, using my own story as an example, I have to establish the characters, um, especially the main character. I have to establish his relationships, um, especially the more important ones that are affecting him right this moment now and are feeding into um, his fears, motivations, or both. Then I also have to establish what his job is, because it's a very specialized job in this world. It's kind of like a super spy, um, multi-dimensional traveler thing. Um, it'll make more sense if I describe it more in the future. Um, also have to establish um, that he's about to get a promotion, which is an important detail for later on in the story. We also have to establish his everyday life. And then we also have to establish that something's clearly wrong with um, his job, the little organization he works for, and on and on and so forth. And those are just a few of the examples. Now, this may seem like a lot to juggle, and it is. But like I said before, most of the time, each idea that you have for the beginning will, um, will be centered on establishing one thing. You know, for example, yet again, with my story, the very first draft of the beginning focused on establishing um, the character of the main character. I'm just going to call him Willforth, um, Will for short. Um, the very first uh, beginning that I made was establishing Will's character. Then the second one I made was establishing um, the setting where he's at and part of what he was doing um, at that location specifically. Then the third one mixed the uh, previous one with one of his key relationships in the story with his girlfriend. So it established a relationship, and it established the setting and part of what he was doing. So, as you can see here, even as you're going along with what are supposed to be ideas that only establish one thing, you can already start combining ideas down um, to ensure that you're establishing everything that you need to establish. And I will also say... Just as a piece of advice to myself, but you can also use it as well, is don't be afraid to make a long intro. Because the thing is, is you can always cut down later. This is something that I especially need to remember because um, I'm somebody that gets nitpicky like straight away. So um, I'm always going back and adding details and doing stuff and things like that. And um, it's really, it really hinders one's progress when all you do is revise the, the one paragraph that you just wrote. So 
this is advice to myself, this is advice to you, just don't. If you have a kind of soft writing software where you can lock it down, make sure that you can't edit it without, like, some sort of restraint. Or, um, if you're the other kind of writer that doesn't write using technology or just, or doesn't write until, like, the last few steps of publishing, because I do believe nowadays you have to convert to some sort of technological software at some point during the publishing process. Um, but anyway, if you're the kind of writer who does their drafts and writing by paper, use a pen. It may be infuriating at first, you may wish you would have never done that, but I promise you, if you can find a way to stop yourself from revising every 12 seconds, you are going to have a happier and also faster, but that's not the point, but still, you're going to be having a happier, faster writing life, okay? Yet again, this is advice to myself too, okay? I'm not nitpicking you, I'm nitpicking myself. And um, I'm teaching you while I'm doing so. But yeah, this is advice that I've been given, like, at every video for um, that taught writing. Every video online probably um, tells you, hey, don't go back on what you've already wrote. Um, and I would say that's especially so in the earlier drafts. I feel like you're in the later, I feel like when you're in the later drafts and you may, you may not necessarily be revising yet, but you've already got a really good idea of what your story looks like and like you're just adding some extra touches and tweaks, um, you know, to the overall thing, then I would say, well, maybe it's okay. Um, of course, I could have just described the revising phase in its entirety just then, so I don't know. Does that count as a later draft phase, or is that a revising phase? Or does it not technically matter, just whatever you decide to call it? I don't know, that's an interesting question. But, anyways, um, so, yeah... Overall, I just want to say that um, pat yourself on the back for starting in general. Don't be afraid to experiment and try not to revise too much when you're still actually writing. All right, so now we're going on to the other episode within this episode, because like I said, it's a double feature. We're going to be talking about what I wanted to talk about on Saturday. Uh, but couldn't because I didn't have the time. Um, <laughs> it's funny how it works out that way. But anyways, so yeah. Character sheets. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Character sheets. Now, I don't know about all writers. I don't know how many writers out there use character sheets. I don't know if all of them do or none of them do or I'm going to die on this hill alone, but whatever. So, um, yeah, character sheets. Character sheets are everything. Character sheets are love. Character sheets are life. Um, no, but in all seriousness, though, they can help you so much. For example, I didn't really know what to do with my main character, Will's, character. 
like I had a few different ideas for like an eccentric little goofball guy, but I decided in the end to go for a more arrogant, cocky type of guy. And that's because of character sheets. More specifically, um, character sheets help you develop a character and their backstory, which are arguably the two most important things to create a character. That's if you're not planning on doing a character arc. That's slightly different. There are three important things there, but we'll talk about that another time. So just talking about a just a basic character sheet, um, most of the time it'll include elements such as this. The character's name, their nickname, or nicknames if they have any, um, their age, their sex, um, if you're doing inclusive sheets like I am, their gender, and then their pronouns, um, of course, because we love our queer peeps up in here. Um, <laughs> but um, usually there's a description of their appearance without clothing, and then their appearance with clothing, or just like their clothing in general. Um, for me personally, I opted for my character sheets not to have a section on clothing, just because, um, one, I get highly descriptive there, and I'm planning on using my digital art skills to create, um, little, not profiles, but just little illustrations for my book, instead of taking up three million paragraphs in order to describe the way a character looks, because I'm the writer that falls into that trap a lot, and I would highly recommend this for anybody who um, is a writer and digital artist, or who knows a digital uh, artist friend who will help hook them up. But um, yeah, if you're somebody who falls into the trap of over-detailed um, appearances, and especially clothing appearances, I'd recommend this. So, yeah, I opt to let those images speak for me, um, rather than put them down in the book itself or in the character sheet. Now, of course, when you're actually planning out the clothing, you may want to write some stuff down. Um, if it helps you out, I just freestyle it, so that's what I do. But, yeah. So I usually stick to their actual appearance, you know, their skin, if they have tattoos, um, if they have freckles, birthmarks, what, whatever, you name it, I stick to that. Um, piercings, all of that good stuff. So yeah, I stick to that. And then um, you dive into their relationships, their relationships with their family, their friends, romantic relationships. Um, you can even get as deep as their relationships with their co-workers or their supervisors slash bosses if you want. Um, of course, um, you also put down their occupation, or if they're in school, um, that's another one that comes up, occupation or schooling. Um, and then, of course, if you want to, you can include a section on their culture, beliefs slash belief systems, um, you know, if they have any specific, like, political views or anything like that. 
Um, I just, I mainly have more generic or general sections for those things because they're not usually the main focus of what I'm uh, going for with my characters or character arcs. Um, aside from the queer aspect of things, because as a queer person, I, um, I would like to see more inclusivity in creative works, and so I'm doing such a thing in my own creative work, you know, making gay peeps, non-binary peeps, you know, all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's one of those where, um, for me, it doesn't matter as much, but if you're going for, if you're going for something, um, a little more on the political side, or civil rights, or things like that, those are important things to get down. And then, um, from there, there's a lot of miscellaneous things that you can add, like positive traits and negative traits, um, of their personality, specifically, um, or just in general, you know, like a positive trait could be that they dress well, you know, not necessarily that they're nice or kind, you know, not just about the personality. And then, um, for me, I like to include in my character sheets, and these are the biggies, um, is the backstory, of course, and then my own personal take, um, on an addition to a character sheet, I don't know why I said it that like that, that made no sense, uh, my personal addition to character sheets is fears and motivations. Specifically, um, in the fear section, there will be a surface fear and then the deep fear that it's masking. And then for motivations, there will be the surface motivation. And then if it applies the deep motivation, that the surface motivation is masking. Now, I do believe in the future I'm probably going to go over this in more detail. In fact, I could probably do it for um, tomorrow's episode if y'all want me to um, as part of the double feature. Like, I can work on that tonight and then talk more about it um, tomorrow, because like I said, tomorrow's when I'm gonna be talking about today's actual writing, Saturday's, uh, Sunday's actual writing, so, yeah, but anyways, I'm being confusing, um, <laughs> Uh, don't mind me. Um, but yeah. So, these are all of the things. And there are a few things in there that I know I forgot. Um, but obviously, they're not as important as what I just listed off. So, and, and then the backstory. Um, if you want to add that to your character sheet specifically. I'm not sure if I said that already. But aside from that, if there's anything I forgot, I might mention it later in another podcast. Um, there's a million character sheets online that you can pick from, which leads me to believe that there, at least, like, maybe half the writers out there use character sheets, but for those of you that don't, and I've never used one before, so you don't, uh, you don't know whether or not it works for you, because I get it if you've used one before, and it didn't work for you, or didn't help you at all, like, I totally get that, you go on in peace. But for those who have never used them before and don't know whether or not they'd work for them, please try them at least once. Now, what I'm going to say is you're going to want to try them for multiple characters, not just one. Because um, oftentimes you will find that as you're building one character, especially if they're a part of the main cast, 
oftentimes their um, traits, backstory, motivations, fears, whatever it is, will tie in to another character's backstory, motivations, fears, maybe even their appearance, you know, if they've got any scars from, like, a legendary werewolf battle or something that took place umpty ump years ago, if you're doing that kind of story, or really any kind of story, um, oftentimes your main crew will tie into each other in some way. Even if they're technically meeting for the very first time, um, oftentimes in stories and things like that, us writers like to find a good way to connect them all together. So even if they've never interacted even once before this moment, usually there's something there that ties everybody together. So, um, you know, that you can, that it'll allow you to go ahead and add that element to your characters, um, without having to worry about them, uh, worrying about adding it later. Because the other thing is that you're going to want to have all of your character sheets either on the same, um, document, a Google document, Word document, whatever it is that you're using, you're going to want them all on the same document or like in the same folder of um, the same folder like that's dedicated to like character stuff, character notes. Um, or if you decide to dedicate a whole new folder to just character sheets, um, go ahead and make sure that they all stay together. That way, when you do come up with those linking details, you can go ahead and jot it down for the character that you're on and then jot it down for the other character or characters that it is connected with. Like, for example, let's just, um, this is not an example from my own writing right now, by the way, but it is a cool idea. Like, for example, these guys all got magical powers in different ways, but they all got the same, um, scar, a lightning scar on their left cheek, from each of the incidents that gave them their powers. Um, something like that. You can jot it down. Um, you can actually... And here's the other thing is... This is one of the examples where you can put it in appearances. But you can also put it in backstory at the same time. Um, this is where I really struggled for a while in realizing... That just because you jotted something down in one part of the character sheet doesn't mean it also uh, doesn't go in another part of the sheet or wouldn't be very helpful in another part of the sheet. You know, like I just said, um, appearances and backstory often um, combine together. Um, you know, culture and backstory or belief systems slash beliefs and backstory, those often, um, those often come together. Um, like, for example, if you had a character that had a very strict, um, religious family, you know, that would affect him, them in all sorts of ways. That would affect, um, their culture, their beliefs, um, but it would also affect their backstory, you know? Um, you know, maybe it made them feel, um, maybe their parents felt overbearing to them, or maybe it felt like they were trapped with no other way to live. You know, um, um, adding in a little bit of queer perspective here, because I hear this a lot online, 
um, maybe their uh, maybe their uh, parents made them to feel too afraid to come out of the closet, you know, um, which could lead to all sorts of things. That can lead to a lot of suppressed romantic emotions if it's that kind of um, queer. I. I <laughs> I know that's a funny way to say that, but you know what I mean. If it's like a gay, lesbian, bisexual thing, or it could come, or it could come into factor with like um, body dysphoria, gender dysphoria, you know, on the non-binary, trans, um, demigirl, whatever it is, whatever it is for your story side. So, like, there's a lot of different places that this can be put into. Um, Oh, and I just remembered, um, there's also, you can add sexuality, if you want to, to your, um, character sheet. I actually forgot to add it to this new round of character sheets I made for this book specifically. Um, I might, I might have to add that now. Oh my goodness. Also, don't be afraid to add on to or take away from your character sheets. For example, I just came up with something that I could add. And it would actually be helpful to me and my story because, like I said, there's a big focus, um, there's a big focus on these characters being queer. It's not a story, um, all about these characters being queer, but there are a lot of queer elements, if that makes sense. So it does actually matter. Um, and also, yet again, I want to put out that representation. So yeah, so don't be afraid to add, but also don't be afraid to remove. Um, for example, personally, with my character sheets so far, um, I added the culture, I added the culture, um, little thing to my, um, character sheet. I have yet to use it. I've used beliefs slash belief systems, but I haven't used culture. Like, no one is specifically, um, no one specifically has an American culture or an Italian culture. Uh, part of it is because the story is not about that, and the other part of it is, is I've only ever lived the American culture, and I can't speak for anyone else's culture. Um, so, yeah, I'll be, uh, I will do my best to be as inclusive as I can, um, with everything that I can be, that's part of my creative vision, but when it comes to cultures, I just don't know enough about them, other than American culture, because I live here in the United States of America, and um, I know that culture. I've been living here my entire life. Um, that's another thing to consider and to keep in mind as well, is if you're a creator um, who loves being include being inclusive like I do keep in mind that um you know you may not know everything about um a particular culture or um queer um identity or living situation country whatever it is just keep that in mind now I am writing about um identities and um different things that i have not personally experienced but 
that doesn't mean I can't do my best, however. I just, I want to keep in mind for myself, and I want all of you to keep in mind that um, it is fantastic that you want to do inclusivity and things like that. But when it comes to writing certain things like culture or about a specific country, things things of that nature, you know, um, even certain mental disorders like autism or ADHD, um, keep in mind that because you don't necessarily have it, you, you may not be getting the full picture. Even if you do all of the research that you can, even if you um, have lived with people who have autism or ADHD, just for example, your entire life, um, keep in mind that um, you may not know everything. And also keep in mind that a lot of these things exist on a certain spectrum, you know? Just because, um, just because your character lives in a certain country, like, let's say, the United States of America, unless you've been there, um, you may not know little things like you have to, um, you have to make a conscious effort to give your waiter or waitress a tip. Not everybody knows that when they come here. You know, from these little cultural things to big things like, for example, you may not know as somebody who doesn't live here that while we idolize Abraham Lincoln for um, abolishing the slave trade here in the United States of America, he also participated in it. Like, he had hundreds of slaves himself. And while I don't exactly have the story um, just off the top of my head of what happened or what he did with those slaves, having slaves ain't a good thing, okay? Just because you got rid of slavery or abolished slavery doesn't mean you didn't have slaves yourself. Like, it's things like that. And even more modern examples of things that you may not know about can be going on in whatever country or in whatever culture you are trying to represent or speak about. This isn't to scare you. This isn't to make you feel bad or to worry. But it is something to think about if you want to write outside of your comfort zone, especially when it comes to things like cultures that you've never experienced or been a part of, um, belief systems that you've never experienced or been a part of, you know, um, different mental conditions, different physical conditions, um, different countries that you've never been to, never lived in. All of these different things, um, I feel like is very important to, it's very important to do research on, especially these things specifically. Um, and then political stuff, you know, um, here in the U.S., it's like the left versus the right, conservatives versus liberals, all that stuff. I personally don't keep up with it, and, um, 
it's never really important to my stories. Um, not like actual like politics, politics like that. At least, at least not good old U.S. of A. politics. I don't know what it, what politics look like in other countries, so that's why, that's why I specify that so much. But yeah, so those I feel like are really the the really big things to do research on. Um, but yeah, so it's it's one of those. You really want to do research on um, any viewpoint or identity or, you know, on any mental health or physical health, su health subject that you're not a part of. At least a little bit of research, that way you have um, enough knowledge to make that, rep uh, to do that representation, you know, if it's not the main focus of your story... You don't need to delve deep into a hundred and hundred million page books in order to read about it. You know, just um you know, just read enough to represent it right, you know? That's that's all I'm trying to say. You know, because oftentimes, especially as especially coming from a queer standpoint, um I can't speak for other minorities, but I can say from a queer standpoint that um, it really hurts when misrepresentation and um, misinformation gets spread out there. Um, I can't say that I've never done, uh, never spread misinformation or misrepresentation out there myself before. I am human. I have made state mistakes before now and when I was younger, but all my point is, is that if you at least try, that means a hell of a lot, especially in the queer community, okay? I can say that if you are a straight cisgender person trying to write for the queer community, and all you do for us is at least try, for me, that's gonna be good enough, because not everyone out there is even trying. And that's their right. But as a fellow ally, or even as a fellow queer person, it's really appreciated to try. And like I said, I can't speak for other groups, but I get the distinct feeling that a lot of um, the people in those groups do want people to at least try. So, yeah, I didn't mean to get too deep there at the end. I just, I wanted to make it known that you can write about minorities if you want to, even if you haven't experienced those things or no people have experienced those things. Um, but to also remember to do your research and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, like I said, I didn't mean to make it too deep, too introspective. I just want to make sure that we all put our best foot forward because clearly if you are still listening to me after all of that, you are at least um, putting in the effort to try and that is good. That is very, very good. Okay? Thank you so much for trying. That's really, that's all I can thank you for is trying. And I can also, I actually, I can thank you for more than that. I can thank you for listening to this. 
because I know this was long. And I know that y'all have been waiting. So thank you for that, too. Um, and thank you for waiting for tomorrow's. Um, because I know you're probably probably dying to hear what I have to say about um, what I write about today and tomorrow. So thank you. Thank you so much for sticking around. Thank you so much for listening to what I have to say. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for trying. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just being here. Even if you're not actively a writing or even a writer, thank you. That's really cool of you. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all in the next one.